Welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego-Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. In this podcast, we talk about sustainable investing and how your portfolio reflects your values. Do your investments seek accountability from corporations that govern more and more of our society and even the lives we lead? Listen in as we explore the question, are you investing like you give a damn? Hello and welcome to Deep Impact Investing with Kimberly Griego Kyle from Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. Today she has brought in a guest and that is Sonia Dreisler and I'm going to let Kim do the introduction. Good morning ladies, how are you? I'm great. Me too. So nice to be here. Thank you. I'm I'm so excited to have you with us today, Sonia. So I just want to give a little bit of information about who you are, and you can add to that story. But uh, again, I'm so excited to have you with us. Uh, Sonia started in the financial services industry, uh, what, about 12, 15 years ago, Yeah, I think? about 15 years ago now. Yeah. So your, your start in the financial industry was as an executive assistant to a CEO of a broker-dealer RAA firm. And, and I know you, you started really a, a bit on a whim in that position. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. <laughs> and, and, but you, you kind of grew up in this industry because your father was an investment advisor yes. doing sustainable investing. And so you, you knew a little bit about it, but you know, you, you took on this position, you grew in responsibility, eventually becoming vice president, being named as the chief operating officer. And about eight or nine years after that became the CEO of that firm which I just think is an amazing story. It is an amazing story. Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, uh, I want to give some give some credit to the person who first interviewed me. It was a woman that who was CEO at the time, the person I went to to interview for the executive assistant position and she I don't know, saw my potential and took a chance on me by hiring me despite my lack of experience. And then took a chance over and over and continuing to give me additional responsibility. Right. Which is amazing because I think anyone even now can, can look at you and talk to you and say, this is a woman who has confidence. She knows what she's doing and she really does know what she's talking about because now you are one of really the most confident consultants in this industry, in the sustainable investment world. Oh, thank you and for saying that. You, you really are. And you you are consulting to very high-level financial firms, helping them optimize their businesses. And at the same time, you are still spending quality time with your two young sons and husband and get to travel and, you know, serve on many nonprofit boards. So you you are still living your best life and, and giving back to the community. The I same am. Time. It's a really good balance now. Thank you. It was when to be really transparent when I was CEO, it was not a great balance. It was on the end, you know, to be frank, you can never really balance work and home life. You just have to have it as, you know, juggle as well as possible. And the, the juggle wasn't going that great when I was a CEO uh, it it was very hard to spend quality time where I was actually mentally present with my kids for many of the days. Yes, I think that's that's very hard for for any person to do uh, in that type of a position. But one of the things I love about your story is 
the inspiration you got from your own mother. And and I'd love for you to tell our listeners that story. It's it's on your your websites, but um, but but tell us, tell us that she story. She is an inspiration, absolutely. Continuing to to know, and I don't think I, I thought of her as an inspiration when she when I was growing up. She was just my mom, right, doing her thing. But as kids do, they learn from what they see. And I saw my mom decide to, well, I remember actually when she, she was a physical therapist and she was working in a clinic and she knew she was being paid less than her male counterparts. And she decided to go ask for a raise for basically pay equity. And I was young, but I still remember her having this conversation at home. This is what, back in the late seventies then? Uh, this would be uh, uh, mid, I think mid eighties, maybe. Okay. Yeah. And she, um, she was preparing to talk to her boss and exactly what percentage she was going to ask for. I remember all these details. It was apparently quite informative and she went in very prepared with her ideas and her argument. And he said, no. Wow. Uh huh. And I'm sure she was crushed. I would have been, but she didn't seem crushed at home. She seemed frustrated and, and, but more so resolute that it just kind of sealed it for her. She was going to start her own practice and she did. So she, it took a while, of course, it wasn't immediate, but she did. She started her own practice and at first it was just her in this tiny little room that she rented in a gym. And then it grew to be a small clinic and then a larger clinic, and then a larger clinic again. And then after many years, she had this thriving physical therapy practice where she wasn't just a physical therapist. She was also a business owner, an employer. I think she had 15 or 20 employees towards the end. And it was just really wonderful to watch her grow. And she always asked me all these questions about business issues and employee issues and and contracts. And even at a young age, I found them fascinating and wanted to opine on them. And sometimes she even took my advice. And so just getting to watch that and then also watch my dad, who's also a small business owner, watching that growing up, I'm sure has been instrumental in my, my confidence that I can, you know, do my own thing and, and run my own, run my own practice. Yeah. That, I, I just think that's an amazing story. So she took that no and she let it make her stronger. Yes. Let it beat her down, which is, yeah. which is amazing. And she got a lot of no's too. I remember her having to work so hard, like all, so many of the people in her profession were, were men and she had to go and get all, dressed up in these fancy suits to take doctors to lunch to convince them to send referrals. And it was definitely one of those work, work twice as hard situations, but she embraced it. And amazingly what I, what the part that's amazing to me now as a working mom is that she came home at five 30 every single day, like clockwork. I came home, changed her clothes out of her clinic clothes into her, you know, being at home clothes and made dinner. For us every single day. I remember greeting her at the door with, what's for dinner? Not like, hi, mom, how's your day? <laughs> what's for dinner? She was a really good cook. Yeah. And, and just to think about that now as 
in in my position with kids and working, that's a lot. That's a lot to juggle. <laughs> it is. Yeah. Yeah. And you you do have two of the most adorable little boys I've ever seen, though. Oh, thank you. I think so. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, when I look at our industry, you know, in the sustainable investment industry, we are very supportive with women. And, yes. and we really do push women forward, which is not always typical in the financial services industry. Um, but we're also looking at um, how do we get more women in the C-suite? How do we get more women on boards? And and it's a huge topic, uh, which, you know, we could spend an hour on, but we're not going to do that today. Yes. <laughs> subject, which, you know, which I know you and I are both very passionate about. But tell me how the social impact industry is changing the standard in the corporate world, in the corporate in- industry, and pushing this um, pushing it to include more women and minorities in the C-suite, c- c- how you've seen this change, not just in the C-suite, c- but on board membership and why this is so important. That's such a good question. And yes, we could spend the entire hour talking about just this, huh? We could. Um, so let's start with the why, why it's important. Uh, making sure that the boards, C-suites, and employee populations of companies, making sure that they are representative of the communities they operate in and serve, representative in terms of race, ethnicity, gender, sexual orientation, class, age, other identities, it is the right thing to do. Yes. We have an ethical imperative to give equal opportunities and access to all people. And not only is it the right thing to do, but companies with diverse workforces are more profitable. There's a number of studies on this. Happy to, I'm sure you have them too, but happy to send them your way for your listeners. Right. So we can do the right thing and make money at the same time and support companies that are working towards doing the right thing. Yes. And I think that's actually very important that we are supporting those companies that are doing the right thing and reminding those companies who are not quite there yet that we will be there to support you and how can we get you to be doing the right thing? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so yes. Yeah. And you also asked, you know, how we do this and that's, it's actually pretty tricky as you know, probably mm-hmm. as well as or better than I do. And it's not happening as well as it could be. There are some funds, uh, mutual funds that focus on companies with women on boards. Uh, California has a new law requiring women on boards. We can, mutual funds can vote proxies and and shareholders can vote proxies, which I might let you explain that to your, to your listeners about uh, voting for women on boards. Yeah. We just did a podcast about shareholder advocacy. Oh, perfect. And so those are all a good start, but the board level is not enough. We, I would love to see every single board be half, you know, half women and also representative in terms of all the other things we've talked about, race, ethnicity, sexual orientation. But we also have to start at the beginning. We have to get capital into the hands of women business owners and entrepreneurs. There's a few companies focusing on that. We need to support companies that treat women well through the entire organization, not just at the top. Companies that insist on equal pay. Salesforce made some strides here recently. 
companies working to have women represented at parity or more throughout the company ladder. And when it comes to race, our investment options are even less than they are with uh, gender equity, mostly because we can't get broad data around race because nobody wants to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> That's even harder to talk about than it is women. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And we as professionals need to demand the data from data providers that go out and get data from corporations and they'll need to demand it of the companies. And then the companies in turn are going to have to do the work in that area, learning about race and identity and how they can report on how their employees identify. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. we, you know, in the SRI community can push on the data providers as well as the support companies that are doing the right thing now. And then, of mm-hmm. course, shareholder engagement is absolutely critical and probably the big, the most effective tool that we have in our in our toolbox here. Yeah, and and that's really important when we're talking about big corporations. But you also mentioned capital to to business owners, and and when we're talking about that, we're talking about small business owners. Absolutely. Often women and minorities. Yep. And that is, I think, a bigger problem. Yeah. Can I mention company names on the podcast? You can. And we always mention, you know, whenever we talk about companies, these are not, um, we're not saying that as an investment opportunity. Okay. Okay. Great. <laughs> so there's a company called C Note that yes. you may you may know about them. They have a new fund that does just that. You can specify that you want your dollars that you are investing through their platform to go to small businesses started, owned, operated, run by women and people of color. Yeah. So again, check with your financial advisor if that's something you might be interested in before you invest in something like this. But yes, that's that is exactly what we're talking about and and this is a an organization that is working to get capital into the hands of women and minorities. So we need more opportunities like this. Absolutely. And I'm so glad they're doing it and I would love to see lots more companies follow their lead there. Yeah, so again, we could we could talk about this for <laughs> You know, um, I can talk about this all day. Right, because it's a it's a passion of both of us. But I'd like to pick up on a, a theme from, from your blog, um, which I'll let you mention later. But I'd like you to share with our listeners how you think that we, as a community and as individuals, can make impact investing, or as some people refer to it, investing with your values, more accessible to the average investor. You know, when we we think about, I think about this as an advisor and I think, well, it's it's not that difficult, but I'm an advisor, Mm -hmm. right? And I know how to get access to, to all of these different things. But sometimes clients will come into me, new clients come in and they say, it's taken so long for me to find someone like you. And I finally found you and, and I'm so grateful. And so what are we missing? What are we as advisors missing? What's this missing link? Gosh, that's such a, another really good question. Yeah, I'm going to the big ones today. <laughs> and I think we need more advisors like you because every study that comes out, there's like, it seems like there's a new study of 
or survey of investors every month about, and it shows that if you explain what sustainable or impact or values-based investing is to clients, when you explain that you can align your portfolio with your values and still reach your financial goals, people are interested. But until you explain that this is a possibility, many of them don't know what it is. So they don't know even to go look for it or how to find it because they don't know it's, it's a thing. And partly it's because their professional advisors are not telling them about it. So we need to get more advisors educated in this area so that they can educate their clients and offer them solutions so that all Mm -hmm. investors have access to this type of investment. Right. I think part of my job is to also educate other advisors, which, you know, I think a traditional advisor might say, but aren't you afraid they're going to take your clients? And, you know, I don't look at it that way because I think that there are, there's plenty of clients out there. The pie is very large. We can share. It is very large. Yes. And I don't need the whole pie. I I would be too full, to be honest with you. And so I need my slice of the pie and you need your slice of the pie and we can all share the pie. But if you don't understand how to make the pie as an advisor, then you can't offer your slice of the pie to your clients. So if I can educate the quote traditional advisor also on what this looks like or what it is or how to do it or show you where to get that information, then you can also share your values-based investing, your impact investing with your clients and do it right. Because there's also a wrong way to do it. Mm-hmm. Because there, you know, there's, there's lots of mutual funds out there and not every fund is right for every client. They all are slightly different. And I think that's the great thing about what we're doing is there's a little bit of something for everyone. Right. And we can tailor this to our clients. So so I think you're right. It's 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 really about education. You know, I think the more people who are are doing this and who are really edu- you know, the more advisors who are doing this and educating themselves and talking to their clients. Yes. The more we're gonna be really sharing this and and getting this information out there. Yeah, I think that from my anecdotal but broad anecdotal experience, advisors tend to be really worried about bringing this up because they feel like they don't know how to talk about it. And also they're used to being the very knowledgeable person in the room about everything finance related and they may feel like they don't know enough about it to bring it up. But I think for most advisors, it's okay to ask your trusted clients if this is, if sustainable investing is something they might be interested in and learning more about. And I think that they would be surprised with their results if they asked most of their clients. I suspect it would be much higher than, than they would guess. And it's to be, to be frank, it's a very good client retention opportunity because if you're not talking about sustainable investing, your client may hear it from somebody else. Yeah, that's very true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
So I'm going to give you another big topic. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, we're about today. We're talking about big themes. And, you know, you've been in this industry for over 15 years and, and I've been in this industry for near 21 years now. Um, and, you know, this, these are long periods of time. And I think that it's only gotten more exciting and more interesting to be in the impact investing world the longer I've been mm -hmm. in it. There's so much happening. There's so much going on and so much change has happened over these two decades that I've been doing this. But I want to know from you, because I look at you as a top industry expert in this, in base, you know, because of what you're doing, the consulting that you're doing and the people that you talk to. But what do you see as the top themes in our industry right now? If you could pick three things that are sort of the top themes, what would they be? Well, let's see. Well, the first one you, are, you brought up already, this is something I hear over and over, investing in women. And then with yeah. the occasional spark here or there about investing for racial justice or racial equity, that is certainly newer, not newer, but um, I'd say more recently has gotten a, a bit of front page attention. There's an ETF that focuses on this and a couple of industry groups and some shareholder engagement in that area. But the investing in companies that treat women well or have a high percentage of women is certainly one of the trends I've seen it continue to develop over the past couple of years and continue to gain traction. And I think it will continue into the next few years, especially as California, California's new law comes in to, to place with requiring that companies have women on their boards. Another theme I see, this is a newer one, uh, increasing use of technology as sort of mm. an overlay for to take traditional investing or any investing philosophy and then use technology on top of that to figure out how to turn a portfolio to be more impactful in a customized way or more values aligned. Interesting. Mm -hmm. So just more use of data, traditional data, uh, big, big data and AI, and also overlay technology on stock, mostly stock portfolios where they can be used so that clients can get a portfolio that's very specific to their desires. And it's very much a growing space. There's a lot of interesting things emerging and I can, I think it will continue to grow, evolve and emerge pretty rapidly over the next few years. And then a third one, let's see. Well, you also touched on this already, but ESG and impact investing being increasingly adopted by mainstream firms. Some are doing it yeah. very well. And like you said, some are doing it in ways that I think clients might be surprised about if they look at the holdings. Yeah. So it's important for clients to do their research or have trusted advisors who can manage that for them and make sure that they are invested towards their financial goals in a way that truly aligns with their values and doesn't just have a green label or a picture of a panda on the, on the website. Right. And when we say ESG, we mean environmental, social governance. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. 
some people are not always familiar with with some of the we throw around a lot of lingo (laughs) we do yeah so so yeah that is a it is a big theme because a lot of what we would consider traditional firms are now offering this and and yeah we don't want to just say oh there's a there's a happy panda so they must be the values investing that we want so yes so clients need to be aware and and do their research and make sure that the firm that they're talking with or using really does know what they're what they're doing yeah. and that they're doing what they're doing. So, I'm curious yeah. if we have time, can I flip that back to you and see what trends you're seeing? Maybe not as much big picture, but in your office, what are you seeing with clients, with prospects, with with I'm actually curious about the differences maybe between clients, yeah. existing clients and their the trends of their needs and prospects that are new to your business or to impact or SRI investing? Yeah. So, so even with both current clients and new clients, the, the interesting trends for, for us that we're seeing are uh, folks who want to get a lot more specific in their screening mm-hmm. than they did five or 10 years mm-hmm. ago. And so the fact that we have more mutual funds available to us that that do a lot of new things is one helpful for the smaller investor. Yeah. But being able to to create stock portfolios where we can get much more intricate in their their screening is very, very helpful for our clients because people are a lot more interested in the stocks that are in their portfolio than they were frankly, 10 years ago. That's great to hear. I, even just not from an in, in impact investing standpoint, but from an investing standpoint, because I think that in the past, I don't know, 15 years, I've seen a progression of investors, at least in the professional space, us talking so much about indexing that sometimes mm-hmm. investors, we lose sight of what investing actually is, which is giving your hard-earned money as capital to a business to to pay their bills or grow or do all these different things. And it's really, it's a pretty interesting thing that you're, that you're doing, giving them capital in exchange for them to use and hope they can grow it and you get a little piece of that. And yeah. it's, a, it's great to be able to connect with what you're actually doing in your portfolio when you invest. Yeah. So there's that. And then the second piece that we see is a lot more folks wanting bigger percentages in community mm-hmm. investing than we've ever seen before. Mm-hmm. And they know they're often getting below market rate returns and they don't care. That, But they want to impact their communities in a higher percentage way and a bigger way than they ever have before. And so those are the two bigger trends that we're seeing. Those are both very heartening to hear. Yeah. Well, Sonia, I can't thank you enough for spending some time with us today and sharing your thoughts. Yeah. And, and just, you know, sharing your story and what you see and the, the trends in the industry and sharing your experience. It's been, been wonderful having you here with us. Oh, it's my pleasure. Really. It's so nice to chat with you, Kim, always. You too. You too. Thank you again. And, um, and we appreciate you being here on Deep Impact Investing. It's been great. All that talk about pie. Yeah, you <laughs> right, yeah. So here's the thing is that 
Uh, I agree 100%. I mean, that was a great conversation. Thank you for letting me sit in on that. And I just, it was, it was fantastic. And Sonia, so many good insights. Uh, you know, I, I get to listen to Kim's wisdom all the time. <laughs> it's, nice to, it's nice to have you on the show as well and just kind of have you guys go back and forth. And I'm just going to add two cents here. When you're talking about that pie and that other advisors could be doing this and, and Kim taking that role, and I'm hoping this podcast helps other advisors get, get some awareness, right, of, of what this truly, this movement truly is. Because I, I think it was actually, Sonia, you said it's, it's client retention goes way up because what people don't understand is when you can get a client to, to adopt that mindset and find funds that they can invest in or companies they can invest in that do good for the planet, for people, for whatever, you're fulfilling a soul need, a spiritual need in them, no matter what religion they are, or even if they have no religion, if they have that soul need to do something good, that's what you're going to provide for them beyond any type of return you could possibly give them. So that, that's the power, I think. Exactly. Sonia, do you want to tell folks how they can reach you if, if they need some competent consulting yeah. for their friends? Sure, absolutely. I mean, you can Google me and find me just about anywhere. But my website is solutionswithsonia.com. And that's Sonia with a Y. You can find me on LinkedIn and Twitter under my name, Sonia Dreisler, which is hard to spell. But if you Google it, you'll find it. Yeah, for, for folks in the industry who are listening, who might want to learn a little bit about ESG, SRI, and impact investing each week. In addition to listening to Kim's podcast, you can subscribe to my newsletter and I get about five minutes of reading each week that's educational on the topic. You can find that on my, on my website. It's a great newsletter. Thank you. Fantastic. Thank you both for a wonderful podcast today. Thank you. And thank you all for listening to the Deep Impact Investing Podcast with Kimberly Griego-Kyle. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Kim comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This will make it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thanks for listening today. For everyone at Horizon Sustainable Financial Services, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Deep Impact Investing Podcast, the sustainable, responsible impact investing podcast that shows you how to get your voice heard. It's time to start investing like you give a damn. To ask a question that we can answer on an upcoming podcast, email us at info at horizonssfs.com or join the conversation on Facebook at www.facebook.com forward slash horizons sustainable financial services or give us a call at 505-982-9661. Don't forget to click the subscribe button to be notified when new episodes become available. The companies we may speak about during our podcast are not recommendations for investment only. You and your financial advisor can determine what the right investments are for you and your situation. Horizon Sustainable Financial Services is a registered investment advisor registered with the state of New Mexico and other jurisdictions were registered or exempted. The information covered
delivered and posted represents the views and opinions of the host and or guest and do not necessarily represent the views or opinions of Horizon Sustainable Financial Services. The content has been made available for informational and educational purposes only. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional investing advice. Always seek the advice of your financial advisor or other qualified financial service provider with any questions you may have regarding your investment planning.